It's about being in his presence and going from glory to glory. You know, we know that our God is a consuming fire. Deuteronomy 4.24 says it uh, for the Lord, Jehovah, your, your God is a consuming fire, a jealous God. Hebrews 12.29 says our God is a consuming fire. And it's the fire of his presence in the body of believers that's going to bring us into maturity and unity. God promises in Joel 2.28 to pour out his spirit on all humanity. Welcome to Global Outpouring, where we contend for that promise outpouring We equip for that outpouring so that we may engage in that very outpouring. I'm Philip Buss. And I'm Sharon Buss. Welcome to the podcast today. We're so glad that you're with us. We are going to delve into the scriptures and into real life about hidden treasures, treasures that are hidden from us, no, hidden for us and hidden in us. We're so glad that you're with us today on this Global Outpouring Podcast. Before we get started, though, we want to encourage you, if you haven't already done so, to go to our website and sign up for our email blasts. Uh, they don't come out a whole lot that they're going to be bothering you. We don't, we don't blast you with too much stuff, but we want to keep you informed and we want you to, to get connected with us. And you can always give us feedback by sending an email to feedback at globaloutpouring.org. And if you want to send us feedback from the website, you can go to globaloutpouring.net and there is a place that you can fill out the form there to give us feedback. But we would love to hear from you on our website. You can also give a donation to help us keep this podcast going. We would be so grateful if you would help to pay it forward. Thank you so much. So today, we're going to talk about treasures that are hidden in earthen vessels. And Philip, I remember some time ago, you preached a whole message about treasures in earthen vessels from 2 Corinthians 4-7. Can you just give us an encapsulated version of what that is to give us a springboard to go from today? But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. And one of the meanings of that word uh, vessels means be frail. And I had read somewhere, it was like a low-grade pottery, mm. you know, which is, uh, so, so low-grade pottery is not on the shelf out in front. It's kind of put in the back, you know, it has- It's in Im- the bargain basement. <laughs> bargain basement, yeah. You'll have imper- imperfections. It may not have actual cracks, but maybe flaws in the, in the design. Mm-hmm. You know, flaws and in, in the um, the glazing, in the glazing and all yeah. that, and so things like that. So, so what what happens? You kind of you put that in the back, and maybe when it's the last one left, somebody will buy it, and you they'll get their money's worth out of it. You mm-hmm. know. So when we look at ourselves like that, you know how frail we are in the mm-hmm. natural. You know, we're fearfully, we're wonderfully made, but we can fall down and break an arm or something. <laughs> you know, we're. We're very, you know, we're strong, but we're delicate, you know, and, all that. and spiritually too, you know, there's mm-hmm. things that can happen, can wound us and True. and um, can mar us and can just damage you, mm-hmm. you know, and it's when we recognize these things, but that's what the blood of Jesus is for because it covers all that. Yes. 
because we all have imperfections. I True. mean, you take anybody you know that you've known them, mm-hmm. you just no, don't think about it. You know, you, <laughs> but you know, you can, uh, you can. Yeah, I remember this. I remember that. You mm-hmm. know. Now I'm glad I'm not married to that one or this or that. You know, <laughs> you know, you can always find flaws in people. Yes, yeah, there is no perfect person because as long as we are on this earth and we have this uh, mindset that the way we have, we have a natural brain. We're not fully locked into the spirit yet because we're, we have a soul and mm-hmm. our, our soul, you know, it wants to control us all yeah, the time. Yeah, the flesh. Flesh. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's it. So. Earthen vessel. Earthen vessel. Well, yeah. yeah, God made the flesh of Adam out of dust. Yeah. Out of earth. But we have this treasure in mm-hmm. our vessels. Right. And the treasure is... You know, treasure is the glory of God, mm-hmm. you know, the presence of God. Because a vessel, even though it has imperfections, has Mars, all this and that, can still hold, you know, what the others hold. It will still carry that. So it, even if we feel like we're marred, and many times we do, we, mm-hmm. you feel you got slimed by somebody or yeah. something like that. You know, we all know what that is like. Yeah. But, you know, we just get cleansed of all that. You know, we keep our sanctified imagination on on the Lord mm-hmm. and that's we can just get over that stuff and he can use us very true you know very true you know i'm reminded of how adam was formed of the dust of the ground according to genesis 2:4 um that word dust is the hebrew word afar that uh, it means dust like powdered or gray and so It can also mean clay or earth or mud, ashes, dust, earth, ground, mortar, powder, rubbish. (laughs) That's from the uh, Blue Letter Bible, from the Strong's, I believe, the definitions. So we see that Adam was formed of the dust of the ground, and Job refers to himself as being made of clay. And we also have Isaiah 64, 8, talking about the Lord is, is our father, that God is our father. We're the clay, he's the potter. Mm-hmm. And so we're all the work of his hand. And in Genesis three nineteen and 23, where the curse is coming because of sin, okay? God is saying to Adam, in the sweat of your face, you shall eat bread till you return unto the ground. ground uh-huh. For out of it you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you shall return. And then verse 23 says, therefore the Lord sent him, the Lord God sent him forth from the Garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. Yeah, and that is a sad statement. Very, very sad. And I love, I love Psalm 103, 14 that says, for he knows our frame. He remembers that we are, we dust. are dust. Yeah, yeah, and and so we have to we have to remember that each other are dust. Uh huh. You know, we have a tendency as human beings to become judgmental, and that's part of the flesh issue. And and kind of tend to treat people like they're dust. Well, yeah, that's <laughs> true too. You know, I remember a pastor one time having a a men's group, and he he got a word from the Lord. And he encouraged everyone, I don't think he encouraged them, I think he made them go out and buy a very expensive teacup, you know, the English kind that's made of porcelain, you mm. know, that's it's very fragile and it's very fine and it's very expensive. And he said, for the next month, you have to drink every drop that you are going to drink in, in your life, drink it out of this teacup to learn how to treat your wife. 
Wow. Because the wife is, you know, Paul said she's the weaker vessel. Well, she's a delicate, a more delicate vessel. Women are not designed to be beaten up on. They're, Mm -hmm. you know, we're designed to be loved and men are designed to be respected. Yeah. Uh So that's why it's important, you know, Paul talks about it in several places in the New Testament about husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and women uh, honor your husband, Mm -hmm. reverence him, give him respect because that's how we're wired. We're women are wired to be delicate. We're wired to be treated delicately. Mm -hmm. We're wired to be treated like something fragile because we are, we're, you know, a, a woman, goes to tears real easily, you know? <laughs> yeah. But even even porcelain is made of clay. Mm-hmm. It's a certain kind of clay. But the formation of a porcelain vessel is, you know, a little bit different than just throwing it on the potter's wheel yeah. with uh-huh. made out of, you know, some other kind of clay. It's but thinner too. Isn't yeah, it? it's made. Yeah. And I think they put bone in it, like bone china. Mm-hmm. So it, the construction of it is, it's to be strong, but it's also delicate. Mm-hmm. And you have to take care of it delicately. So vessels, vessels are meant to contain something. And we we see that God has, has given us also this picture in Ephesians 3, 8, where Paul says, unto me, who am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Yeah, that's beautiful. So when he's inside of us, there are unsearchable riches available to us that God wants to use us to bring forth. And as he used Paul, and I, as, I was, as I was preparing notes for this, I, the thought came to me, we can search forever and never come to the end of his riches. Mm-hmm. There will always be new revelations of the riches of the anointed one who lives inside of us. Yeah, beautiful. And he wants us to recognize one another for who we really are. Now, this all started the other day when I was waiting on the Lord for, you know, what do you want to say to me today? And I just had the notion that I needed to go back to my journals from a ways back. And because, you know, God will speak something to us and we write it down and it's profound and it's wonderful. But if we don't, follow up and yeah <laughs> and review from time to time um we're going to not be doing what he said so mm-hmm. we have a responsibility to go back and reread and put into practice the things that he spoke to us yeah so i went back to my journal uh from quite a ways back i went to 2009 okay <laughs> that's yeah. a long ways back and I read the following thing, and, and I'll, I'll say up front that I have no recollection as to what situation the Lord was referring to as mm-hmm. the case in point, uh, but obviously I was being bothered by something that somebody did or attitudes that somebody had or imperfections in somebody that was annoying me. Kind of yank your chain, huh? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> So um, this is what I wrote on July 24th, 2009, a long time ago. As I was waking up, I heard in my spirit, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels. 
And at the same time, I saw in my mind's eye the Dead Sea Scrolls in the Qumran cave. Then the uh, scripture goes on, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. And then the Lord began to speak this to me. The treasure, my presence, my word is within. Don't look at the exterior of the vessel and judge the contents. Man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. Remember, that's from First uh, Samuel when, when mm-hmm. Samuel is, is looking at, at Jesse's sons. Yeah. And he's mm-hmm. saying, surely this is surely the Lord's anointed. Yeah. Yeah, sure. and, <laughs> and the Lord says, Mm-mm, that's not the one I have in mind. Mm-hmm. He might look good to you on the outside, but I know his heart. And he's not king material. So back to what the Lord was saying. Leave my vessels to me. As long as you continue to have shortcomings and areas in which you have not yet overcome, and you continue to walk in the limitations of unglorified flesh, (laughs) be careful how you judge others who have not yet overcome. I am patient with you and have gained much ground in you. Some was taken little by little and some all at once. You keep asking me to teach you my ways. I have brought this case in point into your midst to show you another facet of my character and how I deal with hearts. Keep watching and keep learning. I am well able to use earthen vessels to pour out my glory. At times, I use contentious preachers to preach my gospel and bring souls into my kingdom. Sometimes they are all I have to work with. Walk humbly before me. I want to teach you by my spirit the difference between the discernment that comes by my spirit and the judgment that comes by the letter of the law. Be careful not to be a Pharisee. Let my love be your standard. I see the finished vessel. You see the lump of clay. Leave my lumps of clay to me. Don't speak what you see with your natural eyes. Speak my mercy and grace, and I will show it. Speak my eternal purposes, and I will bring them to pass. I have given you a privilege to show mercy and love to one of my imperfect vessels. You will receive back that which you have given, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Isn't it amazing what I can do with imperfect vessels? The excellency of the power is mine. I will do what pleases me. If you watch humbly, I'll let you see my process. If you watch proudly, you'll only see the truth in the end. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Ouch, hallelujah. Ouch, hallelujah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's one of those things that, um, you know, I just had to stop and humble myself and repent, I'm <laughs> sure. I'm sure that that brought repentance at the time. Uh, I didn't write about it, but I'm sure it did because— you don't hear a word like that from the Lord without stopping and saying, oh, I'm sorry. Hmm. I've been judgmental. I'm sorry. And the, the Lord just wants to, um, to set us free in those areas and to treat one another as though there's treasure inside. And mm-hmm. it makes me th- think of what Papa Dorn used to say. Robert Dorn was my pastor many, many, many years ago, and he, he taught in our school of ministry for many years. And, uh, 
he used to say, Jesus is inside of you and Jesus yeah. is inside of the other person. So be, be nice, nice to, to Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. And, and that really helps. Mm-hmm. It helps us remember. And, you know, I've learned through the years that I can put up with a whole lot of stuff, especially if I know that a person is going to come under the conviction of the Holy Spirit and they're going to repent. You yeah. know, they can blow off steam and say things that they probably shouldn't say. <laughs> but if I if they have a track record with me that they're going to come back and say, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. it gives me a whole lot of grace to just let them blow off their steam and get it out of their system and then they'll be okay. You know, some and, and we don't know what somebody's going through. Yeah. You know, true. there's there's that saying that I think it's an acronym that spells the word halt. You're most vulnerable to doing something in the flesh if you're hungry. That's the H. Mm-hmm. If you're uh, angry. angry, if you're lonely, or if you're tired. tired. Uh-huh. And as I've pondered it, I think you need to add to that if you're f- not feeling well or if you're if you're in pain. Mm-hmm. Those things make people tend to be more ready to bite your head off or yeah. or or get angry or act in the flesh. Have a flesh flash. Okay, <laughs> that's a flesh flash. And sometimes there are those things that that there's hunger or anger, mm-hmm. like especially people who have low blood sugar issues. If they get hungry, yeah, they, they can, can get cranky. They can well, yes, you're you're talking to one of them uh, <laughs> through the years. You've watched me get cranky before supper time. Mm-hmm. You know, don't talk to me about something that might stir me up. I'm less likely to be patient if I'm hungry. You know, that happens to people. And if we will learn not to be triggered when someone else gets triggered, mm-hmm. maybe something we did triggered them to. Yeah. blow and have a flesh flash. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or maybe there's something that we don't know about. Maybe maybe something has happened in their family. Maybe somebody got angry with them at work or mm-hmm. or you, you hear the the story of dad comes home from work and he got fussed at at work and so he fusses at the mom kids. when he gets mom, home yeah. and then mom fusses at the kids and then the kid, kid, kids kick the dog. Yeah, right? <laughs> exactly. And it becomes a chain reaction in the spirit because there are spiritual things, spiritual entities that are mm-hmm. trying to disrupt our lives and trying to keep us in the flesh and out of the spirit. Yeah. But the cool thing is, as I was, as I was meditating on this that I read, another thought came to me that I hadn't put together before, that not only is dust and clay something that can be made into a vessel, Mm -hmm. sand is also a kind of earth. It's also a kind of dust, particularly uh, sand that's been ground down from quartz. Uh It's called silica or silicon dioxide. And if you heat that with the other proper ingredients, it turns into glass. Yeah, that's amazing. And glass has been known way back into ancient Egypt. Mm -hmm. There were objects, archaeology has uncovered objects that were made of glass. And you have some nice Roman earrings. Yeah, Roman glass. Roman glass. That you bought me. That I bought you, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sweet. So I did a little bit of uh, research. And here's an interesting before we get into a little bit of research. Here's an interesting verse that also is about hidden treasures. Okay, we've got these treasures, the treasures of the word, we've got the treasures of the of the presence of God in us as earthen vessels, but here's another place that you find them. 
Deuteronomy 33, uh, verses 18 and 19, this is where Jacob is prophesying over his sons, and he's talking about Zebulun. And he says, and of Zebulun, he says, rejoice, Zebulun, in your going out, and Issachar in your tents. Those two always went together, Zebulun mm-hmm. and Issachar. They shall call the peoples to the mountain. There they shall offer sacrifices of righteousness, for they shall partake of the abundance of the seas and of treasures hidden hidden in the sand. Mm -hmm. Okay, so sand can be made into glass. And you can do that by heating it up really, really hot. Yeah, Uh, And you can see it in, in nature, and maybe this is where they got the idea to start making making yeah. things out I'm, of glass. I have a piece of um, glass. What was sand, we got it when we were down in southwest Texas where lightning hit the sand. Oh, yeah. And melted it. Yeah. It melted it into a hard thing. I thought, wow. Yeah, I thought, what is this? And so said, that's lightning. That's where lightning hit the ground and did that to it. I that thought, is oh, so cool. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then you can also see obsidian is a natural type of glass that's formed from volcanic a volcanic eruption. Uh-huh. It's those elements that have been put together and it's part of what got heated up and it and it acts like glass. It mm-hmm. behaves like glass. And you can chip it down to make something sharp to cut with or or whatever stone age tools. And meteorites striking mm-hmm. the ground can produce glass okay. as well. Wow. But if you want to make glass, you have to heat it like 600 to 1700 degrees centigrade, which would be 1920 degrees to 3900 degrees Fahrenheit. That's like mm-hmm. very, very hot. I work with glass at a glass company and we would do board ups. You know, and if a piece, big piece of plate glass broke within three feet of a door, it had to be replaced with safety glass. Well, what what they do, they take the glass. Remember, we loaded this piece of pre-cut glass back of a truck, and I drove it to a place. There was only one place in Chicago that did this, and they would take the glass with these little clips. We'd get the top of it, take Mm -hmm. it off, and they would blast it. I think like about 1,500 degrees or something for mm-hmm. like so many seconds. Mm-hmm. And that would temper the glass. Yeah. And a lot of times you can look in windows and stuff and you'll see a little wave. Mm-hmm. And you look at the top, you can see like little little tiny things where the things were actually holding the glass kind of mm-hmm. kind of melted it into it. Mm-hmm. But sometimes the glass doesn't survive and it shatters. Ooh. I could see on the bottom... Those that didn't make it, mm-hmm. you know, this piles of glass oh, wow. down there. I thought, oh boy, <laughs> hope that don't happen. That's a total loss, you know. Yeah, I think. But it was very, uh, very educational. Yeah. So there's glass, and then there's tempered glass. Uh-huh. Is that safety glass? Is that the same? That's safety, yeah, it's a safety glass, a type of safety glass. Uh-huh. So, so what happens if that shatters? Yeah, it's like it goes into little tiny pieces. It's like the windows of your car, your sunroof, or your mm-hmm. side windows. And your back window is made out of tempered glass, but your windshield is made out of laminate glass. Mm -hmm. You know, it's two pieces of glass with plastic inside of it. It's kind of like it's glued to it, so if it gets hit, you know, you can still see through the cracks. Like you you see, you get the runs in your windshield, it's Mm -hmm. usually in the top layer, but you have to have the whole windshield. But that was the regular kind of safety glass, the whole thing was just... In front of your eyes would turn into a, you know, would just all go to, it'd be awful little cracks. You couldn't mm-hmm. see nothing, you know. Yeah. 
So, so those are those are things that have been implemented in the industry yeah. in order to keep you safe. Keep you safe, yeah. Uh-huh. Because if you use ordinary glass and Ooh, it shatters, yeah. it shatters into very sharp edged things. Yeah. Where safety glass, uh, it's more like little round pieces that aren't as dangerous, right? Yeah, uh, I remember when we had our accident. Yes, I was we thinking came the same out of thing. it. You know, the first thing I did, I spit glass out of my so mouth. So did I. You know, it was the tempered glass. Mm-hmm. With the car was totally up on its side. My head and my and my hand were on the actually on the asphalt out the broken window, mm-hmm. you know. And I remember waking, kind of coming out of it and spitting glass out of my mouth. Yeah, you know, even though I was just semi conscious. You know? Right, right. You know? So the the point is that that there are things that can be done to glass to make it more safe. Uh huh. Um, the ancient glass that they made wasn't actually transparent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it took a while before they they learned in the glassmaking industry, you might call it, that um, you add certain substances to it to to actually make it clear, and and one of the ways that you can make it clear is by adding lead to it. Wow, you, you've lead. heard of lead lead crystal? Lead crystal, yeah, yeah. It's not actually crystal because it doesn't have any any facets to it, like uh-huh. something that's actually crystal. But they call it crystal. Uh, but it's really leaded glass. Mm-hmm. But they they substitute lead for one of the other ingredients. You know, the, in actual glassmaking, you would have three things. Uh, sand, which is silicon dioxide, like quartz. Uh, limestone, which is calcium carbonate. And soda ash, which would be sodium carbonate. And then there are, there are plants that you can use to... Uh, you reduce them to ash and those those can be used as one of those ingredients mm-hmm. but as the industry began to really come into its own where they developed clear glass that's where this leaded glass came in and the more lead you add to it uh-huh the more beautiful it becomes oh wow it's it sparkles sparkles huh? lead I, I love lead crystal we've got yeah. we've got a couple of pieces that you bought me one in, when we were in Romania years and years ago because they make it there. And uh, Sister Gwen Shaw, our founder, had a number of pieces. So, you know, we're living in her house and so we have access to those. I just, I love that's how the light. light sparkles through it. Yeah. Uh-huh. And and that's the point I'm getting to, that earthen vessels can also be transparent. Mm-hmm. And the more lead that you add to it, think the weight of glory. Yeah. Okay. Kavod, the the Hebrew word for glory. Glory. Uh huh. That means weight. Mm-hmm. So think of the weightiness of His glory as it gets added to this earthen vessel that starts with sand. Now you know. Think of taking a handful of like dirt from your garden. Mm-hmm. That's full of stuff that is um, that has has been decomposed. It's organic material that has decomposed okay and it's really good for growing stuff yeah but it's uh-huh. not very good for shining the light through it right and right. Uh-huh. and and if you've got clay a clay vessel like an old clay pot or something uh-huh. you're going to cook cook beans in or something like that yeah it's great for cooking beans but you can't see the light through it mm-hmm. but if you take something as delicate as sand you know, you get a handful of sand, dry sand, and it just goes, goes through, through your, your fingers. fingers yeah. uh-huh. So it's really like you can hardly even work with it. 
it's so it's so frail. You, there, there's not much you can do with it. You, it's great for on the beach. You like to have it on the beach <laughs> rather than a rocky beach, you know. But it's not something that you would think you could make something beautiful out of. Uh-huh. But you take that frail, loose, something that, that you can't even grab a hold of and hang on to. Yeah. Uh-huh. And you put it in the heat of the all-consuming fire of our God mm. in his presence. And you add something weighty like lead to it. <laughs> wow. What is that going to produce? What is what is that going to produce? It's going to produce something transparent. Okay. It's about being in his presence and going from glory to glory. You know, we know that our God is a consuming fire. Deuteronomy 4.24 says it uh, for the Lord, Jehovah, your, your God is a consuming fire, a jealous God. Hebrews 12.29 says our God is a consuming fire. And it's the fire of his presence in the body of believers that's going to bring us into maturity and unity. Mm-hmm. And I love what Ephesians 4 talks about. And I, I'd like to read it from the, the Passion. And I'm going to read several verses from, from verse 11 to verse 24. This is where he's talking about the fivefold ministry, right? The fivefold ministry are supposed to be mature believers. Uh-huh. Uh, sometimes there's flesh flashes out of them too, because yeah. there's there's not there's not any one of them that has reached perfection yet. Otherwise, they'd have been raptured, you know. Yep. Just like Enoch, <laughs> like walked, Enoch, Enoch walked, walked with God. With God. God took him. Mm-hmm. God took him because he made he made it to perfection, right? But the rest of us haven't made it there yet. So that's why we have to be full of grace for each other. So here's what here's what I love the Passion Translation, and he has appointed some with grace to be apostles and some with grace to be prophets, and some with grace to be evangelists, and some with grace to be pastors, and some with grace to be teachers. And their calling is to nurture and prepare all the holy believers to do their own works of ministry. And as they do this, they will enlarge and build up the body of Christ. These grace ministries will function until we all attain oneness in the faith, until we all experience the fullness of what it means to know the Son of God. And finally, we become one perfect man with the full dimensions of spiritual maturity and fully developed in the abundance of Christ. Isn't that beautiful? Yes. uh And then our immaturity will end. That's where the flesh flashes end, right? Uh As we come into know, the more we know him, the more we spend time in the presence of of our eternal Father, the all-consuming fire, the more He heats us up. I'm I'm not reading now. I'm I'm commenting. Uh, the more He heats us up in His presence, the more transparent we're going to become. Right? We will. Okay. Now I'm back to reading. Then our immaturity will end, and we will not be easily shaken by trouble, nor led astray by novel teachings or by the false doctrines of deceivers who teach clever lies. But instead, we will remain strong and always sincere in our love as we express the truth. All our direction and ministries will flow from Christ and lead us deeper into him, the anointed head of his body, the church. For his body has been formed in his image. Wow. Yeah. And is closely joined together and constantly connected as one. And every member has been given divine gifts to contribute to the growth of all. And as these gifts operate effectively throughout the whole body, 
we are built up and made perfect in love. So with the wisdom given to me from the Lord, I say, you should not live like the unbelievers around you who walk in their empty delusions. Their corrupted logic has been clouded because their hearts are so far from God. Their blinded understanding and deep-seated moral darkness keeps them from the true knowledge of God. Because of spiritual apathy, they surrender their lives to lewdness, impurity, and sexual obsession. But this is not the way of life that Christ has unfolded within you. Within you. This treasure mm-hmm. that's in earth and vessels. Within yes, you. within you. If you have really experienced the anointed one and heard his truth, it will be seen in your life. For we know that the ultimate reality is embodied in Jesus. And he has taught you to let go of the lifestyle of the ancient man, the old self-life, which was corrupted by sinful and deceitful desires that spring from delusions. Now it's time to be made new by every revelation that's been given to you and to be transformed as you embrace the glorious Christ within as your new life and live in union with him. For God has recreated you all over again in his perfect righteousness and now you belong to him in the realm of true holiness. Mm, that's beautiful. That's the treasure in earthen vessels. As we become transparent, we're going to magnify him. I remember some years ago, quite a few years ago, leading worship one morning in our devotions time, and we were singing a song about, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Mm-hmm. And let us exalt his name together. And I I had this thought go through my head. How do we magnify the Lord? And I saw in in my mind's eye a picture of a magnifying glass. And I realized that the thing that makes us able to magnify him is being transparent. Hmm. Wow. So that transparent glass comes from spending time in his presence and spending time in that heat, that intense heat of his love. His Mm. love for us is what what makes him an all-consuming fire. Yes. It's his Mm. love for us that that provides the oxygen around us. And and you have to have oxygen to have a good fire, right? So the love of God is what gives us that intense heat that transforms us and changes us. And and a, a magnifying glass is convex on both sides. You know, it's it's a curve. It's an uh-huh. outward curve. Concave is is a curve that's shaped like a cave. So it's an inward curve. And we don't need an inward curve. We don't need to be more inward. We need to be more outward, letting the love uh-huh. of God pooch us out into that into <laughs> that roundness, that beautiful shape that will magnify him, that people will be able to see through our flesh into that glorious Christ that's within us, that glorious anointed one that's in us, that leads us into the truth and leads us in love and leads us in purity, becoming transparent and, and, and letting people see, yeah, may, I've, I've got flaws. I'm not perfect yet, but Jesus <laughs> inside of me is perfect. Yeah. And so he can pour out his glory through us. Yeah. And there's a scripture, you know, 1 Corinthians 13, 12, for now, though, we see through a glass darkly, mm-hmm. but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also as I am known. Amen. In the Passion, 1 Corinthians thirteen twelve says, For now we see but a faint reflection of riddles and mysteries. 
as though mm. reflected in a mirror. And and the mirrors in those days were not, not plain, clear yeah. mirrors. Uh-huh. Yeah. But one day we will see face to face. My understanding is incomplete now. But one day I will understand everything, just as everything about me has been fully understood. Mm. We see through a glass darkly. So in 2 Corinthians 3.18, we see a similar word. Mm-hmm. But we all with open face, beholding as in a glass or a mirror, the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. And that word glory, remember we were talking about in Hebrew, the word glory has the idea of weight Wait, uh-huh. to it. But in, in Greek, the word is doxa. And it has the idea of opinion or hmm. judgment or view. So, so we're looking at something and we're determining in our understanding the value of something. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So one of the meanings is splendor or brightness, like of the moon and the sun and the stars. It can mean magnificent, excellence, preeminence, dignity, grace, and majesty. And it can also refer to the... Uh, like referring to angels as apparent in their exterior brightness, uh, a most glorious condition, a most exalted state. This is uh, the outline of bi- biblical usage from the Blue Letter Bible. This idea of going from glory to glory. Mm-hmm. It's going from one weightiness to the next weightiness. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's like going from, uh, when I think of glory, I think of, you know, when you look at a little flame, the flame on a candle. Yeah. Uh-huh. You see the flame itself, but there's like a circle of brightness around it, mm-hmm. a glow. Glow, yeah. And I always think of that glow when I think of glory as that that brightness mm-hmm. that surrounds something that is a source of light. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, I remember um, it was Sedley Pimlot. He was a minister out of uh, Norwich, England. Yes. He was looking in a mirror one morning, getting ready. He was in his seventies, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. He was reading his Bible on that was sitting on his dresser. Okay, was he reading that? He, he was reading. I don't know what scripture he was reading, but he was reading his Bible, and uh-huh. he glanced up, and he saw himself as what his glorified body would look like. Yeah, you know, he was just so young and beautiful, and all that, and then instant it was gone. Yeah, it was like a glimpse, a momentary glimpse. Yeah, yeah, of what's to come. Yep. And but we have this treasure in, in these earthen, earthen vessels. vessels. Yeah. So our choice today is how much are we going to let the fire of God and sometimes that fire comes in the in fiery trials. R- remember you were once upon a time long ago, uh you you were waiting on the Lord and you heard, heard that scripture out of Peter about don't be surprised at the fiery trial, which is to try you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I went through a fiery trial. You went through a fiery trial yeah. in your health at the time. Yeah. But God was kind to you to give you that. And I'm sure that what whatever you went through did something in your character, did something in your life, did something in your processes of, of how you process things yeah, uh-huh. to give you a greater understanding and greater revelation. And it's it somehow, I just know that that's how God works, that it elevates you into a different place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, you know, it's, it's like going through school. You learn something mm-hmm. and then you practice it. You, you 
review it, and then you're tested on it. (laughs) And you're tested to see, did you really learn this? And sometimes the fiery trials in our lives are for that purpose, to check and see, did we actually learn the lesson or do we have to go back and review again? Mm. So the Lord is trying to challenge us that we have this treasure of him inside of us. And we have the opportunity all the time to judge or to give grace Uh to other people yeah. who also have a treasure in their earthen vessel. Uh-huh. <laughs> and and we have the choice of how much are we going to let the love of God shine through us? It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. Yes. Yeah. And we got to let that hope out. Yeah. We've got to give room for each other. We've got to have love for each other enough to cover each other when we've made a mistake. Mm-hmm. And I just want to close with this thought from Revelation 12, verses 10 and 11. Now is come. Now is come salvation and strength. And the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ, his anointed one. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night, and they overcame him by by the the blood blood of the the Lamb lamb, and by by the the word of their their testimony. And they loved not not their their lives lives unto the the death. death. So when we are being challenged, by someone who has done something wrong, someone who knows better, mm-hmm. someone who has been misguided, misled, someone who's been tricked. There's a lot of times that witchcraft is being done on our brothers and sisters in the Lord, especially, especially preachers. You know, they're mm-hmm. coming under direct attack. Yes, they're coming under direct yeah. attack from the enemy to try and discredit them mm-hmm. and push them off the scene. Yeah. So God is trying to help us, to help each other to grow up into the maturity of the Lord as we let his love shine through us and as we become intercessors for those who have made a mistake. And instead of judging them and instead of calling them out on the carpet, you know, what did Jesus say in the first place? If, If your brother offends you, what are you supposed to do? Forgive him. You forgive him, first of all, but you also, if there's something needs to be dealt with, you go to you him go personally, one, yeah. one-on-one. Uh-huh. Yeah. You don't talk about it with other people. Mm-hmm. You go deal with it one-on-one, and if you come to a conclusion that's amicable, then it's over. Yeah. Uh-huh. And if the person doesn't hear you, then you go with someone else, but you don't, you don't take it to the whole body yeah. Until you've done done those other steps. And it, it grieves my heart when we have people out there that are accusing one another of this and that, uh, especially with now that we have all the social media where oh, we wow. can just say anything we want to. Yeah. And we get into trouble with that. Mm-hmm. But God wants us to learn to be intercessors for each other and cover one another with the blood of Jesus Christ yes, and bring yeah. that forgiveness. And, and as we pray for each other, that sets people free to realize, oh, no, I made a mistake. But if we hold judgments over them, it will keep them in bondage Mm -hmm. so that they won't even feel like repenting. Yeah. But when we become intercessors, it will help. And it will help to bring the body of Christ to maturity. And Mm -hmm. and that 
that comes from our intimate relationship with our Father, mm-hmm. the the all-consuming fire that helps us to become transparent in Him, yeah. going from glory to glory. So as we're going from glory to glory, as we're helping one another go from glory to glory, as we're helping one another overcome by our intercessions, we are making the hidden treasures of the Word of God viewable. We're making the hidden treasures of the presence of God obvious and manifest in our lives so that the world can see that this hidden treasure is something that they're going to want. Mm. Yes. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray for all of our listeners, Lord, to have this this revelation of how they can become intercessors for those that have made mistakes, how we can all exhibit more of your glory by letting you burn your fire in us and transform us even by the testings that we go through, Lord, that that leads us into your hope and into your glory. In the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, we just pray for that mighty grace that comes from your presence to help each and every one of us to be transformed by the renewing of our minds, to go from glory to glory and let your hidden treasure that's inside of us be manifest in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your review helps the podcasting platform suggest this podcast to other listeners who are also looking for a great move of the Holy Spirit. Check out our website at globaloutpouring.org to find out more information, read our blogs, connect with us, and donate. You can also browse our web store for life-changing anointed books. Until next time, this is Sharon Buss. And I'm Philip Buss. God bless you with his overwhelming, loving presence.